0: Welcome to the Banyan Edge Podcast. Here's your host, Charles
1: Sizemore. Welcome. I'm your host, Charles Sizemore. And today we are continuing our conversation on artificial intelligence, AI. Now, if you're like myself, a child of the 80s and 90s, you might associate AI with a certain uh, robot that looks a lot like an Austrian bodybuilder, we all know, coming back in time and trying to kill us all. Um, if if you're less dystopian, you know, the more optimistic sort, you may think of AI and look at recent developments such as ChatGPT, uh, Chat GPT. Generally, you're gonna think of office work. You're going to think of technology, you're going to think of AI being this new tech frontier. But really, the beauty of it, what makes AI exciting, is not that, it's its ability to remake otherwise boring, kind of traditional, slow-moving segments of the economy. And my colleague, Ian King, really addressed this recently. He wrote a piece on how AI was revolutionizing agriculture, literally the way we eat. Well, today, we're going to look at a different industry. And to help me with that, I brought on our data analyst and I would say future Jeopardy champion, Matt Clark.
0: (laughs) I've never had a warmer welcome in my life. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Future, Future because I, I, you, you are just a font of knowledge here. I, so. More like
0: a more like useless knowledge, which would be more key for Jeopardy than anything else. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's you know it yeah. is what it is. But yeah, you know AI. It, it, it's become you know a pretty significant buzzword. uh You know, and it's and it's kind of taken Buzz the investing letters. world by. Yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> buzzwords, but uh, you know, however you want to phrase it, but. You know, it, it's it's kind of taken things by storm. I mean, it started with, you know, you know, obviously we had Chat GPT, uh, and and that kind of you know blossoming out and 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 all of the capabilities uh, you know it has you know introduced us to that quite honestly have been around for a longer than we think. It's just chat GPT kind of commercialized it. That GPT um, and, you know, just
1: made it front and center where you couldn't ignore. Yeah,
0: it. Yeah, it it did. It, it put it right in front of our face, and and and. But these were these were things that have have been around for a while. These abilities have been there. It's just getting access to them has not been nearly as open as it is with using a Chat GPT. Um, but uh, you know, AI is still very complex, and it's one of those things that you know we think it's just as simple as sitting down at a computer and typing out a question, and then AI kicks out. An answer. And it is that simple in its base form, but it can be so much more. And, you know, I always, you know, you read all these things about how AI is going to start taking jobs, things like that. This is the same thing we heard with automation, factory automation, which is kind of, if you think about it and connect the dots, is kind of an earlier form of AI, but uh, using robot programmers and, and PLC programmers and things like that to make these robots dance and do work on a, a factory floor. Um, you know, it, that was going it to did that kill was,
1: jobs, by the way, it did destroy jobs, but it, then it created it, better jobs.
0: Exactly, and that's and that's that, that's kind of the context we have to look at this. Is that it's not necessarily that it's doing away with jobs. It is. It's doing away with with jobs that are that deal with the mundane, and is creating jobs that may, that kind of force us into to be more cerebral, if you will. Um, because just like with robots on an automation on, on a factory floor, AI does not work well without some form of human interaction. Um, AI, yes, you can go and you can use BARD or you can use chat GPT or whatever, type in a question and it'll give you an answer. But if you want it to be more robust, if you want to get more use out of AI, you have to train it. And, and there's a certain way to do that. It's all about prompts prompts of how you, you know, what you tell AI to do, how you tell AI to think, uh, what kind of information and data you it, provide it looks for patterns. You, it you does clean it
1: by giving it patterns. Exactly. It, it,
0: it does. You know, you can assign it a voice, you can um, assign it a data set to examine. Um, you can train the AI to start doing specific tasks and to do specific things um, over a, a short term or a long term. And that's the one thing and, that I think and about know. that.
1: Yes. You wrote a piece that I want to get to. And okay. you, you wrote about how and this was a money in money and markets. You wrote a piece about how AI is revolutionizing the insurance industry. Now insurance is. is old. Insurance as we know it today actually started in a London coffee shop and I believe the 1600s, you know, Lloyd's yes. of London. Yes. So this is a very old sleepy industry. There's always been input. So let's think about life insurance for example. When you apply for life insurance, they look at your age, they look at your sex, they look at your profession, they look at in some cases your medical history. Are you a smoker? Um, are you a joker? Are you a midnight toker? Whatever. They, 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 they go through and they ask questions and then they assign probabilities uh, of you know, basically when you're going to die, right? And that's how they price out your, your policy. So insurance has always kind of been based on inputs like that. But now looking at more, I'm looking at a more sophisticated way to do this. So, so why don't you walk me through that? Sure. Uh, and first, before I start,
0: I do appreciate the Steve Miller reference in, in, in the video. I think that's that's awesome. Anytime you can drop that in, um, that is great. The one thing about in the insurance industry is that, uh, you know, anyone who's dealt with insurance, whether it's property and casualty or life or anything like that, the one thing you will learn very quickly is it is extremely inefficient, uh, meaning there are checks, double checks, balances, rebalances, in order to, you know, determine what your risk is for, you know, auto, or property and casualty, uh, life insurance, whatever, there are and, and there and, and an inane amount of redundancies. Um, so you know you you have an industry here that is extremely profitable. I mean, the insurance industry, the insurance sector of the, of, of the market is extremely valuable.
1: Yeah, fun, um, fun fact: Warren Buffett is a billionaire because of insurance. He's not a he billionaire is. because he's a good he is a good stock picker, of course. Yeah. but he is a billionaire because of his successful use of insurance.
0: Berkshire Hathaway is one of the largest insurance underwriters in the world. Um, exactly. So I mean you know you you don't uh you, that's 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 where the money's made for for him you know, obviously you're right you know he he picks stocks well but to, to get back to it I, you know so obviously you have an industry that is extremely inefficient um you know it takes um you know months sometimes to process claims it takes um, months to process uh, uh you know policies things like that so what can be done here is 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 that You know, they can start utilizing artificial intelligence to start eliminating some of these redundancies, to start making things more efficient and to really streamline the overall industry. Now, I'm not in insurance. I don't work in insurance. I've only dealt with insurance companies. So that is the extent of of, of what I know. But everything from you know, filing a claim, getting a resolution of that claim, whether, you know, that's a good resolution or bad resolution, um, you know, accepting or appealing decisions, <laughs> things like that. It takes a lot of time and a lot of back and forth. Well, right? you also assume
1: that because AI is based on essentially pattern recognition, you know, identifying trends, identifying patterns, this would be instrumental in under, in, in finding insurance fraud. So if you if you train the AI to look for certain flags for insurance fraud, it's going to be wildly effective, more effective than any human in detecting fraud. Did you set your house on fire to collect the check? Did you I don't know, did you lie on your application for health insurance? It'll be better. It'll be vastly better at, at detecting things like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's not be mistaken. AI is not going to be the finger pointer when it comes to things like identifying fraud. AI is going to be able to point out inconsistencies in information that stand out, and then you're still going to have to have that human element that says, okay, I see that. I either dig deeper or identify, or I identify that as being potential fraud. Um, so let, let's not be confused. Until
1: they create AI RoboCop who will then investigate in person.
0: You're going to lean on Skynet and the Detroit Police Department RoboCop this
1: entire episode, aren't you? I, I really am. I I'm, <laughs> I'm I appear to be missing the 1980s, but anyway, it,
0: it's it's fine. They'll they'll run a the Terminator marathon for you on some channel, and you'll be able to kind of catch up. Um, but but yeah, so so again, I, you know, the the overall fear of AI is going to take over, robots are going to take our job. Um, no, that, that's not the case at all. But first off, it's going to create better jobs, more interactive jobs, and ones require.
1: Um, a different skill set, but ones but that it will help are, us do our existing jobs better.
0: Absolutely, and and and, and insurance is, is the same thing. And so you know there is a a kind of an unknown. Um, I don't I don't want to say you know f- sector of the insurance industry, but it, there is um, you know insurance companies continue to work on using technology to improve their overall efficiencies. And, you know, th- there's actually an effort that it's called. It's called um, insurance distribution. And what this does is it focuses on uh, the overall insurance model all the way from opening communications with claims to automating, pro- automating, automating processes and claims, things like that. It's kind of a start to finish type of a look uh, at the insurance industry and then trying to utilize technology Um, to make it better or to make it more efficient, to make it more reliable. Um, And and, and this particular sector of the market in the U.S. has seen strong growth since about 2017. From 2017, um, the distribution market for insurance was valued at just about $135.8 billion. Um, By 2026, um, that market is going to be valued at about $261.6 billion so right around a 36 percent jump uh or'm the 36 percent jump from 2022 last year where it was about 195 billion to 261.6 billion so but going all the way back it has seen a steady uh stream of growth in the sector meaning that there is more interest in this um there are more companies becoming involved and they are developing better products to do so um so you know they don't really but the, these these, projections that that, that I see and that I shared in the article don't necessarily incorporate what AI brings to the table because um, these projections were done um, last year before kind of AI took hold. Um, So there is a company in particular that I highlight in the piece um, that uh, does provide software solutions to the insurance industry and it is incorporating AI into that software. Uh, The company is called Sapiens International Corporation trades on the NASDAQ, the, the ticker symbol is S-P-N-S. So uh, Sam, Paul, uh, NS. Um, I forgot my, my phonetic uh, alphabet there for a second. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I bounce between one or the other. And it's, when I talk to Mike Carr, I use the military alphabet. When I talk to everyone else, I use something else. So it just gets confusing for me, but anyway. So it's basically, it's an Israeli company, like I said. Um, and it has recently announced a partnership with Microsoft that's going to integrate AI into its software. So, you know, Microsoft has come out um has utilized ChatGPT. Yeah, they were uh, one of the early uh, backers of ChatGPT. They were sure they, sure they, they, they
1: integrated it into Bing, you know, that their their competitor to Google, et cetera. Correct.
0: Um yeah. and and they invested you know billions of dollars in, into this technology. Um and now they have taken that investment and turned it into an asset to themselves to use for Bing and, and the like. Um, So what Sapiens is doing is they're using that technology from Microsoft, along with the Microsoft Azure um, products, product suite um, to build out a suite of of insurance related technology um, that can lean heavy into AI to help with the sufficiency process. It's one of the first companies that I could find um, that has that, that has kind of taken on this responsibility of of insurance distribution and, and in, increasing efficiency using technology. Um, and, and since that announcement, that announcement was made a couple of months ago, the stock has actually been up about 20 percent um, based on a lot on that partnership. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's, it's only going to continue to go up. And so utilizing that piece of news and information, I then kind of cross-referenced our green zone power rating system uh, that you can use on moneyandmarkets.com. That was
1: going to be my next question. So there, you guys take a very, quanti- you and Adam O'Dell take a very quantitative approach to to the stock selection process. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're that green zone rating system, that stock power rating system is what you use to to, to Right. that's what you use to, to pick apart a part of stock. Absolutely, so, so, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, But basically the, the rating system, if you're not familiar with it, it looks at six uh, different factors, three fundamental and three price-based. Price based on the price-based side, you have momentum, you have size, which would be market cap, and volatility. And then on the fundamental side, you have the value of the stock, which includes like its P ratios, PS ratio, uh, PCD, uh, PVV. And then you have quality, which would be its return on margins, and its growth, which would be like sales and EPS growth. Now, there's much more that goes into it than that, but on the surface, that's kind of the uh, overarching look at it. It takes those six factors, provides ratings on each one of those factors based on all the different metrics, and then it assigns an overall score. And What we look for is it's easy to identify a trend, it's easy to identify... Um, you know, a high rising stock in the market or a low falling stock in the market. The question is, is how do you confirm that? And, uh, you know, I spend every day in Mike Carr's trade room, which if you haven't been a part of that, I definitely encourage you to do so. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of it we talk about is confirmation and not necessarily confirmation bias, but confirming what we see. You always want to have something that backs up what you see on a chart or Making in a news sure it's not just event. anecdotal. Exactly. So I'll look for a trend. And then what I'll do is then I'll do a deeper dive, and once I pinpoint you know two three companies within this trend that have the potential to capitalize on trend, I then turn to the Green Zone Power Rating System to tell what does it tell me? What does it tell me about the fundamentals of the of the company? What does it tell me about the price metrics uh, of the stock itself? And from there, you can usually whittle down a list of three five ten down to two or three really strong investments or investments that you should probably stay away from.
1: So well, and so let, let me ask. So mm-hmm. I know that anything that rates a 60 or higher in the composite score is considered bullish. Mm-hmm. Anything that rates 80 or higher is considered strong bullish mm-hmm. based on Adam's historical work, mm-hmm. et cetera. Uh, you, you found that stocks that rate strong bullish tend to out outperform the market by a factor of about three to one.
0: Correct. So
1: how how does this stock rate?
0: Uh, overall, as I, when I wrote the piece, the stock uh, rated an 89, which would make it a strong, a bullish, strong bullish stock for us. Uh, and and uh, our anticipation, our expectation based on that and on the numbers that we see is that this stock um, would outperform the market by at least three times over the next 12 months. Um, it rates very high on growth. It's, it's had a very good growth trajectory in terms of its sales and, and its EPS. Uh, Quarterly revenue uh, in this last quarter was uh, up 6% over the prior year. Uh, Gross profit was up 7.5% from the same quarter a year ago. Uh, 100 basis point uh, increase in operating margin fourteen point two percent jump so in operating so for income. For the layman
1: out there that doesn't know what that means, it means the company is getting more profitable as it's they go. making
0: more money, making more money, or not just making more and, money, and, but like and making
1: and higher percentages, like their let, profit margins getting better. Yeah,
0: let me finish, Charles. I was <laughs> going to jump right into that. But yes, hey, this is my but, show. I'll interrupt you. I, one I, one. I, know, <laughs> I know, I know, I it, I know. But yeah, that I mean, when you look at margins, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about. Not only how much money is the company bringing in, but how much of that is pure profit. So when you see numbers like gross profit, um, operating margin increases, things like that, it is exactly what it means is that this company is making more money, but it's also spending less and making more profit. And that's what you like to see. That's a fundamental that as an investor that you want you want to see a company that is, is uh, improving its bounty and, and and sapiens is doing that um and, and to to a good degree now since those quarterly numbers came out um the stock uh has started to climb you know have a nice climb as i said um you know up about 20 or so percent um uh, since its partnership with Am- with, uh, with microsoft rather um over the year uh, over the last year it's up about 10% Doesn't seem like a whole lot, but considering the sector that it's in and how badly beaten down tech has been in probably uh, nine of the last 12 months, um, that's actually not bad. And when you compare it with its peers, um, you know, it's in the finance software sector uh, of the market. uh, And and that particular sector down 6% over the last 12 months, whereas Sapiens is up almost 10%. So you see a pretty wide ranging difference in terms of uh, average stock price compared to Sapien's stock price, Um, from the 52-week low of the stock in November of 22, the stock's up 50.3% to where it is as I I wrote the article. I think it's gone even higher since then. So we see a lot of good momentum. And that's the other thing that we look for that Adam and I uh, really focus on. And that is looking for stocks that are already in a confirmed uptrend. It's very easy to say buy the dip. I don't prescribe to that simply because you never know where the dip stops.
1: So well, if yeah, you buy- but buying the dip can turn into attempting to catch a falling knife. Exactly. So th- that's, this is one of the reasons why I really like your stock rating system, because you incorporate momentum with also with growth, value, et cetera, and ideal stock is going to rate fairly well on value, meaning it's not expensive, but also rate well on momentum, meaning it's a cheap stock that's trending higher, that's and- the ideal universe
0: right and 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 also you know, we will also want to look at that momentum because uh like you said yeah it can turn into catching a falling knife. if you uh see a stock that's on a j- downward trajectory you buy here what's to say the stock doesn't continue to go down here and even if you are, are in a buy and hold portfolio or something like that you still have that much more to make up before you see a profit whereas if you see something that's already in a confirmed uptrend then there's a much higher likelihood that it, you're stock not is going to continue to rise. The tide. Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And so that's when, when I see a chart, like, and, and again, I, I don't want to confuse, I don't recommend stocks based on what a chart looks like. <clears throat> I think that's kind of silly, which is why the green zone rating system, uh, the green zone power rating system becomes even more valuable because looking at a chart is great, but you really want to be able to do a little bit deeper dive in that before you decide to invest your money. Um, so if you look at a stock, I, I could pull 50 charts today and they all look great. They all look great, they all look like buys. And I would bet that probably only 10 of them would be vi- viable uh, ones that you wanna buy and have in your portfolio. The other 40 would be ones you probably wanna stay away from. So you know, looking for that confirmed uptrend, that's what made this, this even more attractive in addition to um, its strong score on the green zone power rating system. So the bottom line here is that you know AI is everywhere. We, we see it everywhere, we, we know it's out there. Um, it's only going to get bigger. It's commercial use is only going to expand. Um, but I think where to find profit here is not to invest in ChatGPT or to invest in Microsoft or Amazon or, or Google. Or I'm not the, saying those are bad. The
1: last, the last Don, you come lately to jump into those five huge tech stocks that are pulling the market higher right now. Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> what, what you want to do is you want to try to find those disruptors, those companies that are utilizing AI in an unknown or an unrealized way that has a potential to be extremely profitable. So we've identified a very profitable sector of the insurance market and that is an insurance distribution. We have a company that is now partnering with Microsoft to utilize AI in its suite of software to help the company to help insurance companies become more efficient. And this stock also rates very well on our green zone power rating system. So, And it's a confirmed uptrend. So here we have all the makings of the stock um, that is very, very strong and has the potential to grow legs and really run over the course of the next 12 months even longer.
1: That's exactly what we like to see. So Matt, tell tell our viewers where can they find more? Where, where, where can they check out your system? Where where can they where can they put in their own ticker symbols and play with this themselves?
0: Absolutely, um, moneyandmarkets.com. So it's all spelled out, moneyandmarkets.com. Top right hand corner, you're going to see a search bar. Click the search bar, type in the ticker, and you'll be able to see the rating system as of as it is right now. Um, scroll down a little further. There's some other information there. You see a stock chart that you can kind of manipulate financial information, uh, description of the company, and any research that we published on that particular ticker is also underneath. So um, it's kind of a yeah, one-stop and I shop. I
1: reiterate, you don't have to be a subscriber to do this. This is completely no. free. You just go it to the is. website.
0: It is yeah. completely free. And you can actually set up your own watch list and track how stocks are are performing on on the power rating system over time, if you like. I mean, we're, and we're also holding out um, a lot more capability with, with, with the rating system that um, includes you know different lists in uh, uh, different sectors. Uh, we've uh, already kind of uh, we launched a, a, a product as part of Adam's Greens Unfortunes um, package that you can actually get every stock that rates forty and below in a list every week, and it's all right there. It's called the Black List, um, and it's all right there. You, you that for that you have to be a subscriber to Greens Fortunes um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's, uh, to have that, it's basically a list of stocks that you should either sell out of your portfolio now or stay away from it entirely.
1: That's good. No, it's risk management's the name of the game there. So that's, that's fantastic. Well, all right. Matt, thanks for being on today. Uh, you've, you've helped me with, the, you've helped me unpack what is a very uh, complex topic, you know, make it simple, make it relatable. The overall overarching theme here is AI is changing the world. uh, Until it decides to kill us with assassin robots, this is going to be a force for good. I I have to. Sorry. I know. I I know you did.
0: (laughs) I know. You just you just can't help yourself, can you? I just just can't can't help yourself.
1: But until you know. the beauty of AI, it's changing one sleepy industry after another. And as we discussed today, insurance is, is one of those right now undergoing this transformation by AI. So Matt, thanks again for joining us. You bet. My pleasure. And to, and to our viewers out there, I do highly recommend you go to MoneyMarkets.com. They have a ton of tools that you can use absolutely for free. Just tinker around with it. I do it all the time. If I have a stock I'm starting to research, I find it a very useful place to to start that process. And on that note, we will pick this up next time. Until then, go out and make yourself some money.